0: Who's ready for Monster Jam? Well, welcome to conversations with Scott Douglas and uh, uh, compliments to Josh Lee. He finds everything out there, my director mm-hmm. on uh, on mm-hmm. the internet. That's uh, something on YouTube. They call it a vlog. Um, that Weston yeah. Anderson providing commentary on uh, on on a race that we're all going to remember forever. And uh, he said something right there at the end. Um, everybody was kind of saying it, uh, you know, greatest finals that they've ever seen. I've seen them all, and uh, yeah. there's never been another one like it. And uh, it, it's one that people are going to talk about for a long time. So I'm absolutely <laughs> thrilled that we're going to be able to bring in that Monster Jam's newest World Finals racing champion, Grave Digger driver Brandon Vincent. And let's get Brandon in here. Congratulations again, young man. You're still smiling. Thank you. big. Uh, a few days removed now, uh, I yeah. know the euphoria of the moment and the downpouring rain and everybody's hugging you and going crazy. Uh, you come up, obviously the freestyle day wasn't, wasn't as good, but who cares at this point? Um, I the last couple of days, but is it sinking in a little bit?
1: Oh man, it's still, uh, it's, I'm still on cloud nine. It's a crazy, uh, just a crazy moment for me. All the hard work that I've put in, has paid off, you know, um, throughout the years. And it, really, in a short amount of time, making it to World Finals and being a racing champion. Uh, You know, I got three series titles um, and wanted to come into World Finals and do a great job here, and we got the job done. If you would have asked me Wednesday or Thursday, um, you know, how it would be, you know, I wasn't too sure. I was a little rocky in practice uh, uh, and not that great in qualifying, but uh, most of the time when I do that throughout the year, uh, when we practice in racing, if I'm not great in racing I usually come out and win racing so um it all in all man it was just a great night um and I was glad to be a part of and glad to make history with that race and having having Ron in the finals made it that much sweeter yeah you know everybody knows I wrenched on his truck for so long and uh won a bunch of titles with him and uh been all around the world you know living the dream with him. So to be able to win in the finals against him, it, it was cool. It was, uh, it was, a uh, you know, p- picture perfect story. And, uh, I'm still
0: on cloud nine from it right now. I, I can only imagine. We're going to break it down in depth as we go through it. And, and by the way, um, the, uh, I'm going to save a lot of my comments for the folks watching who watch conversations all the time. And, uh, about the whole World Finals experience uh, tomorrow night when we're bringing the live event team on, uh, and we'll talk a lot about the overall. But I really want to focus on Brandon Vincent's accomplishment and and what this means to him and and everything it took to get there and, and how it all unfolded. And, you know, Brandon, when I look at it, just sitting here right now, the number of great drivers who we've seen come through this sport who are still in this sport Um, who have not been able for whatever reason to grab the world finals racing championship, you know, my goodness, it took what Jimmy Creed, 19 years to finally pull it off. Um, You still got a lot of years to go, but you've got one in the books. And most times uh, that I talk to somebody, they win one. It's when am I going to win another one, but you you need to enjoy this one for a little bit, you know? Yeah,
1: we get to enjoy it. And like you said, there's so many great drivers out there that haven't had a chance to win a world finals yet. So I feel blessed and accomplished to, You know, have one under my belt now, you know, I've been driving for five seasons and um Morgan came to me and uh gave me a little stat on that too. Uh Morgan Kane. Me and him are the only two Gravedigger drivers other than Anderson last name that's won a world title in Gravedigger. So um that means a lot to me as well to bring one home to North Carolina on the fortieth anniversary as well, with Dennis in the crowd and you know, West and Chris and Ryan and Adam there too. Uh it felt great. I mean, uh I I, I watched the video. I'm still watching the video to this day. Uh, Today I watched it. People, I'm trying to catch up with all of it on Instagram. So many people's, you know, put videos and pictures up and, and um, it just feels really good to be able to go out there and, and get a win in the world finals. And um, it means a lot. I I work hard to be great in racing, be great at events and uh, the hard work's paid off. I got a world title under my belt. So um, I feel good
0: about that. Yeah, it's a pretty exclusive club when you look at uh, not, not just Grave Digger drivers, just period, who's ever been able to win a, uh, a Monster Jam World Finals championship. And then that number shrinks dramatically when you start talking about people who have won more than one. I would assume that that is a goal for you.
1: Yeah, it's always a goal. I I mean, it was a goal the rest of the weekend. It just didn't, the cards didn't lay out like we wanted them to for two wheel skills or freestyle, but at least we walked away with one title and, uh, next year is a whole nother year. You know, that's the goal, not one. I want, I want to win every time we go to world finals. So, um, and racing makes it that much sweeter because it's a bracket style racing. You know, you're racing the next driver the next person in the bracket. So, um, it's not fan judge or this or that. So you're really, you're racing the person beside you. And, um, when you earn racing, you earn racing and it feels very good. You know what I mean? So, um, that was the best I me. Mean, There's 24 of the best drivers in the world there. And I had the hard side of the bracket. I had Adam, Tyler, Ryan, and Corey Rummel on that side of the bracket. And I stayed calm and cool and collective and dialed in on my turns, made the turns and, uh, Slow was definitely fast. The track was slick, um, but that final that final race was just uh, it was insane in the downpour rain, um, and it was like we were on ice out there. But we
0: got the job done. Yeah, you did. Um, how sweet was it uh, to have the whole family there for the for for the celebration? That was
1: the best part of it to have my uh, wife and kids there um, in the stands. They stuck it out in the rain. They were in the stands, so they were getting poured on uh, you know, out there cheering and, and, uh, waiting to see the outcome of the race. And we got that win. Um, and it felt great because they haven't been able to come to a lot of shows or a lot of events this year, cause I've been on the West coast. So, um, they've been to two this year and decided to come to the world finals. And, um, you know, that was, uh, that was a special moment for me and my family. Um, and they seen all the hard work pay off and, you know, I might come home bummed or tired or sore or or you know, just out of it from traveling and, and putting on events uh, for the last 18 weeks. And uh, they were with me at World Finals, and uh, we got the win together. It was a family win. I say it all the time, Monster Jam is a family sport, and uh, it was
0: great having them there and sharing that moment. The You know, the other thing, Brandon, a couple of other things come to mind. One of them is you're driving a Gravedigger, the highest-profile yeah. truck in the world, the most popular truck in the world. But you know the 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 casual fan, a lot of them know, obviously the De- Dennis Anderson will always be the biggest name gravedigger driver, but you yeah. know there really no adam there they really no Ryan in son of a Digger. yeah you know Kristen obviously accomplished history this year. yeah um, Tyler has made an incredible name for himself and 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 is a really you know kind of just just jumped up among the elite and and certainly you know all the um um hoopla i don't know a better word to put it all the hype yeah. around weston anderson's rookie season which may have been the greatest rookie season we've ever seen um you're not the, it, it seems like before that you may not have been the highest profile grave digger driver but they know you now don't they
1: yeah I, I always i always say it all the time i'm the i'm the fifth grave digger driver and i want everybody to know i'm, I'm here you know what i mean so uh it fuels the fire and it feels it fueled the fire all season long um to go out and I had a crazy freestyle saves uh I had a record year this year uh without doing world finals you know and gotten got invited to world finals because I won the west series tour and went out there and uh you know proved myself in racing and been trying to prove myself since day one and it, like I said the harder work's paid off and now everybody's talking about me and uh you know, that it feels good, you know, to get the recognition for for driving Grave Digger and um, all the recognition at the Jam World Finals. Everybody looking, the whole world watching you. And I got a racing title there uh, in in one of the craziest weather settings that there's ever been. And um, I handled it with, you know, calm and cool and got the job done. Um, well, you know, against Ryan Anderson, you know, he's he's the best in the business. He uh, won world titles. He knows what the deal is. And uh, Saturday night, I was better than he was. I was faster than he was and more consistent. And, uh, I won, a, won the racing championship over it. And, and that feels good, you know, because uh, um, we hugged it out. We know we're friends. We love each other. But um, at the end of the day, we're out there competing against just each other. Yeah. He wanted the title just as much as I wanted the title. But I got bragging rights for the for a whole year. Over that one for sure.
0: It, it is interesting too when, when you talk about the philosophy of a gravedigger driver because, you know, the way the team is now, you're all really cut from the same cloth when you look at it. It's, it's all the Andersons, Tyler, and you basically. And, yeah. and you know, one of the things, and I'm, we've even talked to, I've even t- worked with Ryan a little bit on this this year, is, you know, um, talking to fans about how cool it is to win anything, but for a grave digger driver and for a son of a digger driver, you know, freestyle is always the number one motivator. And, you know, you guys are are so known for freestyle and you talk about freestyle, but this one above all others. And, and, and again, I I know that uh, Ryan was proud to win his series, for instance. So I, you know, I know he has to have pride in racing, even though he always talks about focus on freestyle, but, but winning those races is special, but, Come in for the Gravedigger team known for freestyle, but this one is so special for so many reasons. Um, the race course being a big part of it, and you know, I had you. I I don't know if you got a chance to to catch him or if you even care, but we always have fun with my odds before the world finals. And Uh I had you, I had you really close to the top in racing. And when I was on the show here explaining how I got to the odds, that's kind of a different strategy that I used on the odds. In the Vegas days, I really did favor drivers on stadium tours okay. because of the length of Thunder Alley, the chicane, all these things, you know, that that really an arena driver hadn't experienced. I felt like this course didn't really give a stadium driver any extra advantage. And so I talked about it when I was talking about where I had you very high on the list and I was explaining to folks. And I even talked to Morgan about this, and he agreed with it too. The The idea that what you guys do every week in the arenas, you, you absolutely have to cut a, a brilliant light. You it's light yeah. your beat. you you got you to be able to burst power, get the turns, burst power, get the turns. That, that There were so many. Nobody's ever run a five-turn course in this sport. We're well, not in the Monster Jam brand, anyway. Um, does some of that, is, is that fair that, that – there was really no advantage to being a stadium driver over an arena driver because you guys were used to those kind of things that kind of got built into that course.
1: Yeah, I think the same thing, Scott. I think that the arena setting helped, I think, a little bit more because, like you said, you have to cut the light to be fast in an arena and you have to stay tight to your turns to be fast because everybody's fast. The tighter you are, the better you cut the light, the faster you are. So, in this And this new course with Monster Jam, everything was just like that. You know, you were turning left, you were turning right, but you had to be tight, slow was fast, and you had to get off on the light and try to get out front first, Um, just how the course was. But like you said, uh, myself and Tristan, uh, coming from Arena Tour West, you know, I I had a first-place finish. He had a third-place finish. And that goes to show you that, um, you know, arena drivers – uh, we're great on this track as well, which the track was awesome. It was amazing. You know, first time Montreal Jam has done it over and under, and everybody loved it. Um, but it's still tough to have to turn left, turn right, and do a bunch of turns then and stay fast. But uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, coming from the arena setting, um, being tight on the turns where you had to be at and getting off the light, uh, for sure. So, yeah, it helps you out because, you know, we race like that every weekend. Uh, in that arena setting so stadium driver um, arena driver I think there wasn't any I think we're all even on it you know Uh, the only thing different was is the amount of people in the stands Um, if you look at it in that aspect uh, more people out there watching you so
0: yeah and um, it it was interesting I I was up there at the stage because we were Dennis and Lindsay and I were supposed to judge two-wheel skills that night and obviously that Got yeah. pushed to Saturday when the weather moved in. But I just stayed in that location. Um, and Andrew Palachko was, was, was right over there. And um, I think just about everybody watching the show probably knows Andrew, who's the, the director of operations at Monster Jam for the arenas. Scott Alinsky, who did a great job in kind of managing everything at World yeah. Finals. He's the stadium. And so I looked over at Andrew, and I wasn't sure he was keeping up because it was hard to – at that point, things were getting crazy. We were worried about the rain, yeah. trying to get it through. And, and I looked at him and said, do you realize – in the final four, it's two arena West drivers and two stadium yellow drivers. And he just beamed. <laughs> he just beamed that, the uh, that the two of you guys cool. made the final four two of you made it to the podium when they got to the medal ceremony. That's yeah. pretty sweet. From yeah. from one tour, two of you were on the, on the podium for the top three.
1: Yeah. And it, that was great too. I, and like I said, me and Tristan had talked about it the next day and we, it would have been cool for him to be in the finals. He was, he was close to being there, but, um, it was great. You know, we, we, me and Tristan had pushed each other all year long back and forth in racing and two wheel skills. And like I said, the last time I was on the show, we push each other and make each other better. And you can, you can see it because when we came to world finals, we came and we made, you know, meant business. We we were, did great in racing. He did great in two wheel skills and had a decent run going into freestyle. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool to see that, uh, Two arena guys in a stadium setting, you know, kicking butt and taking names. I guess you could say.
0: Certainly <laughs> did. Certainly did. And and uh, you ought to be proud. And you know, it, it does. It just goes to show that uh, you, you never quite know because there have been some years that we come into to world finals. Twenty twelve jumps out at me when Tom Mintz couldn't get out of his own way on the racetrack. Ah. I'm pretty sure he hadn't won all year, and then he goes in and wins. Monster Jam World Finals, but if you all go all the way back to World Finals 1, um, the very first championship matchup is Tom Mentz Goldberg and Scott Hartsock and Gunslinger. Well, uh-huh. Those two had literally had been in the finals every week of the shows that we were televising. So for us, for Mike Hogwood and I sitting there, it was like, well, here we go again. And, and so <laughs> with you and Tristan, you guys had pushed each other all year and, you know, uh, the bigger field, but you know, you guys rose through it, and and that's quite an accomplishment for your tour. And I'm sure uh, everybody on Arena Championship Series West, uh, you know, the Mirandas, the the, the Kalins, and Travises, everybody that ran with you, uh, Dave Olford, and, and and those guys had to be thrilled.
1: Yeah, they were. They you know they they come up to me and c- congratulated me uh, in person. The peop- the people that were there from the tour, and uh, it, it shows a lot, you know, for me to go to the World Finals and win a racing championship. Uh, I told everybody there that I got to see and got to talk to about it, you know, from the, from Gabe or, or uh, um, you know, show directors and all that, that this, this win is for all of us. We've all built each other all year long to get to this point, to get this road to world finals uh, from the announcers to the crew, to the track crew, you know, I'm representing everybody that was on our tour going into Macho Jam world finals. So it was a win for all of us. You know, we all pushed each other to get better um for the last 18 weeks straight that we were on the road never really got tired of each other um we made it work we had no building damage all year it was great we uh we just had an awesome tour awesome people everybody pushing each other to get better it was a win for all of us and uh i shared that with everybody uh that i got to see um at the either that night or the next day so it was very cool
0: yeah and it was easy to see too um you know, one of the hosts on your tour, Aiden Young, was um, there uh, as the in the stands, talking to all the yep. fans. and did a great job. Phenom- his first World Finals did a phenomenal job. Uh, but his partner, Lindsey Fulter, who was brand new, a rookie on the team, I'm sure she'll be at a World Finals But yeah. well, before we know it. She's very talented. But again, there's only so many spots, and they make the decisions, you know, for different reasons on who's going where. and And not a lot of rookies generally go. But as you work in the system, you know, she's going to have an opportunity, I would hope, somewhere down the road. But she came as a fan and uh, hung out with Miranda Cozettet all weekend, and it just kind of really, really, really reinforced what I saw when I was with you guys in Tucson. Um, that group was very competitive, but there was, like you just described, a real bond amongst everybody there, and And I know Lindsay and Aiden were proud of you too.
1: Yeah, they were, and we like you said, we all grew a lot. Uh... Aiden and Lindsay on the microphone, Lindsay being new and uh Aiden coming back fresh basically, you know, after COVID and all. Um, we all worked together, made each other better on the microphones and 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 gave the fans a great event every time, you know. Uh and it's about getting better every day, you know, one up yourself. That's what I always say. Be better than you were the day before. You know what I mean? Stay positive and And that's what we tried to do all year long, and and it worked out. It was great. Uh, Even my crew, I tried to boost them up uh, when they were down and out, when I tore the truck up. Week two, Tacoma, five five events. Um, I backflipped three out of five times there, tore the truck to pieces, ripped the steering wheel off. Um, It just had a couple bad crashes, and uh, they fought through it. They got the truck back together. We had some tough breaks, but uh, we – Boosted morale as much as we could. And uh, where I could lend a hand working on the truck uh, with my crew or anybody else that needed a hand, I would do that. You know, it's uh, it showed them I was all in as well, you know. Uh, and that's what it's about. It's a team effort. Um, and hats off to Blinky and the rest of the boys on the crew. You know, Tom Dixon out there, uh, basically fleet tour or tour manager. He's out there wrenching on trucks and doing what he could do, you know, to to make everybody's truck run each and every weekend, and like I said, it's a team effort. Hats off to all them guys as well for sticking with it for 18 weeks. It was it was grueling for a while, but like I told Blinky, he's like, man, I can get a flight home for a hundred dollars. At one point, I'm like, listen, stick it out. I promise, it's gonna get better. Uh, and, and it did. He stuck it out, and you know how it is when you've been on your feet 18 hours and tired. Yeah. yeah. And- yeah see a plane ticket here and there or whatever, but (laughs) convince them, Hey, this is the better route, man. Let's get the, let's make it to world finals. Let's let's get our automatic bid in and uh, let's go show these guys and girls what we have to offer at world finals. And like I said, it paid off. And I seen the smile in the, in the light in his eyes when we held that trophy up together at world finals. And it was great to share that moment with him as well for all the hard work
0: he's put in. Absolutely, yeah, um, no doubt. So we're going to take our first break, and when we come back. Okay. I really want to go in depth on the entire week where Brandon Vincent came to Orlando as the Monster Jam Arena Championship Series West Series Points Champion, and leaves as Monster Jam's World Finals Racing Champion, winning the biggest event of the entire year and one that goes <laughs> in the history books, and that name will be there forever. Ooh. He has already said he wants to put it in there a few more times, which we knew coming in. Hey, um, coming up tomorrow night, as I was mentioning earlier, um, I'll, I'll have a lot more of my thoughts about the experience. We're really gonna focus on Brandon tonight when I'm joined by at least four of the monster jam world finals live event host team. Um, Still trying to get, make sure Aiden can get it scheduled. We're, we're waiting to see if we can work his schedule out. But we know Morgan Kane will be here with us tomorrow night, John Saponero, Kay Young, Keaton Stewart, and hopefully Aiden Young. But at least four of the five are, are going to be here as we really recap in depth the entire Monster Jam World Finals experience for them, for the fans, for everything we saw, and uh, uh, surviving Orlando. Heat, <laughs> humidity, or storm blasting over the top of you. Hey, remember that. When that show is live tomorrow night, 8 p.m., you can anybody can watch it for free right here on the Scott Douglas Media channel on Twitch. But if you're a subscriber, you can watch this show again or any show you want. Again, if you, you, you miss it when it airs live, well, you can watch it over the weekend or whenever it's more convenient to you. Uh, my producer tonight, Jordan Hicks, is putting up the subscription information right now. Real easy to do. You can do it during the commercial break. If you'd like to subscribe, just click the About button, go down to the subscription information. And again, just $4.99 for a, a monthly subscription. Um, is the lowest cost tier right there. And when, again, we appreciate everybody's, um, subscription to support. And if you're an Amazon prime member, you don't even have to pay the 499. You, you already have the subscription. You just have to activate it because as an Amazon prime member, you get an, a monthly subscription complimentary goes with your prime membership to any twitch.tv channel of your choice. So many of you use those prime memberships on this channel to subscribe each month. And it, and it helps us out greatly. So we really appreciate you. You're doing that. The other thing you can do that uh, helps us out a lot in the streaming world and doesn't cost you a nickel is to hit the follow button. You can do that while we're in the commercial. I I'll get one more plug that I want to get in here real quick. And, uh, if you missed them, we added some extra podcasts to uh, my podcast that you can find wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music. And we added some, uh, my odds show, the show with the uh, CNBC TV broadcast team, those are up there as well. If you want to go back and see how we predicted World Finals, and uh, we'll see how quickly we plan to get tonight's episode with Brandon Vincent on the podcast. Hopefully, uh, within the next couple of days, so you'll be able to download this one and listen to it again as you're driving around, or flying, or going to some of these great summer Monster Jam events that are coming up. Let's go to break, and we'll come back. We're going to break down the week with the Monster Jam World Finals racing champion, Grave Diggers Brandon Vincent. Welcome back to the conversation. Absolute honor to uh, have one of the first interviews with Monster Jam's newest World Finals racing champion, Brandon Vincent, 14 gravedigger. And, and Brandon, um, you know, we talked a, a lot about that and I, and I want to get, you know, into into the week, but we were kind of talking in, in the break and one of the cool things that you've been able to do and, and part of it is, is and you know, I, I'm not taking any credit for it. I've been happy to help you wherever I could. Oh, but yeah. now you've had five years you've developed your own personality. It stays within the gravedigger mold, but the one foot on the gas, and the one in the grave and the can you dig it? Those are branded Vincent and people are knowing you for those things. And you said there are people starting to bring signs, the can you dig it signs and stuff like that. That's got to feel good.
1: Yeah, it feels great. You know, that's what, that's the hard part is, uh, you know, there's five of us that drive gravedigger. So you want to make something happen that the fans can remember you by, uh, for yourself. So, (laughs) I come up with, you know, can you dig it? I made bracelets with my Instagram on, and I throw them out in the crowds my first year. And uh, the one foot on the gas, one in the grave. I hashtag that all the time. So when you see the fans come out and they they hold their signs up with with the things that you say on them or or your punch lines, it, it means a lot, you know. And uh, the recognition that they're giving me, uh, you know, just just speaks big about Monster Jam, the fans, and and what they catch on to, and how how crazy. And uh, supportive these fans are, and you know, super fans. They're coming out to every show, um, and supporting us. And it, it's awesome. man. Monster Jam's on top of the world, the greatest fan base in the world to me. You know, and um, I love seeing them hold up, you know, signs that say "Can you dig it?" and and the and the things that I I go crazy with when I'm on the microphone.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it really, really is working for you. And that's cool to see because certainly your on track performance uh, has been stellar. Uh, year after year, and it it capped off by what we saw uh, this past weekend on Saturday night. Uh, Backing up, did you get in on Monday? Um, Yeah, I came in on Monday. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know if people are aware, some some maybe, but there are so many demands when you make this field, and it starts right off the bat, and Tuesday tends to be a real grueling day for you guys because it's constant photo sessions and media interviews and all this stuff. Tell us about that.
1: It's a uh, world finals. It's great. It's great to be, you know, to get there and go. But I mean, it's a grueling process as far as, um, you know, we do pictures, media, uh, fire suit pictures, crew shirts, uh, just a list of places that we have to be. You know, I had a time frame. Um, basically, I had to be there at 10 o'clock in the morning and I don't think I left Tuesday until after 630. Um, with just everything that we're getting done to to make the show better, make make it a you know pictures and it was tons of stuff, press conferences and yeah, uh, it's a lot of work that goes into
0: uh, Monster Jam World Finals even before you step foot inside the you know truck. Tuesday's a busy day, and like you say, and you know there's so much great things that that, you know, Feld has so many departments that do great work, including things like digital media and all yes. their PR people. And they all have needs from, from all of you. And so Tuesday was the day they kind of get that. Um, does it get distracting and trying to keep on your time frame, or, or are you already focusing on, on what you're there to do?
1: Yeah. You know, it's distracting a little bit. You don't even really start focusing. Um, you know, I didn't really get to focus until practice day and, uh, it's, you know, you're wore out, you're, you fly in, you, and then you go, and you do media all day and, you know, do all the fire suit pictures and do this and do that. And then by the time you're done with that, it's a 12 hour day at least. Um, and then, you know, you're tired, you're wore out. So when it comes around, you know, you, I think the next day we did the, uh, well, we did practice on Wednesday, so yep. We ended up doing practice during the day or early in the morning to try to hide from the heat. But it was hot out there. And um, I didn't really get a good in on Wednesday. You know, I really didn't feel fast. Uh, missed a couple turns, five-second penalty here and there. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was the day for me. So if you would have asked me, you know, where I would be at uh, on practice day, I
0: would have told you probably at the bottom of the list. I wasn't I was a very good uh,
1: practice day.
0: It was a new track for everybody, though, and that was so ultimately as fair as you can get. What, what, what yeah. was the attitude? I know you're disappointed that you didn't nail it right off the bat, but it was a learning experience for everybody. Uh, I, I think a few people that we expected – um, would do well, seem to have some good runs in practice, the Camden Murphys and the Todd Dukes. You know, they, they, they've yeah. driven left and right-hand courses. You know, they've, they've done uh, a lot of the different things that were built into that course, and, and they look pretty good in practice. But it, it looked like a lot of people were, were searching to find it, and especially finding it if you had the lane that seemed nobody wanted uh, for a while, but you ended up winning a championship in it, where you <laughs> ended on the jump. And there were some people really. I remember, you know, Weston literally locking it up coming off that, uh, yeah. one of his first practice runs. So that was tough to to start to get used to because it's so different from anything else you're going to do. Yeah, it was tough,
1: you know, and and ending on the jump, you almost had, you couldn't have too much power going over it because it would jump you to the bottom of the jump and you had to turn right away. So that's one thing that was a learning curve that I had to get used to was before I uh, kind of letting out, uh, Somewhere, If you had enough speed and you knew where your speed was, let out a little bit at the top of the ramp, to kind of land mid ramps to set you, set yourself up for the turn. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a learning curve, the whole track. Um, Cody was great on it. Uh, yep. Camden as well. Tom was fastest qualifier. Yep. Um, but I, I stopped looking at everybody else and what they were doing. I watched videos on how people were getting off the line and, you know, kind of what they were doing in the turns. Um, But I stopped listening to everybody's times because it was Wednesday and qualifying night. Um, I just wanted to run my own race and not get caught up in everybody else or trying to be trying to drive like anybody else. So um, I made a couple adjustments. I wanted to make a little bit more tighter turns and then slow down off of the main like the race lane jumps, because if you jump those too big, you were blowing the turn. So I just got dialed in from there. And uh, it started working out for me. Qualifying uh, was a lot better for me uh, than practice was, but I still had a five-second penalty. I think I would have made the top eight. You would have um, if I didn't have the five-second penalty. But I don't think I wanted to get. I don't think I wanted to be in second round right off the gate. I wanted because it worked out because it rained, so it was muddy. I got the I got a chance to go out there first round and be on the track before Adam, before Tyler, before yeah. all the heavy hitters, you know? So um, they weren't expecting the track to be as slick as it was
0: um, because it didn't look like it was that bad until you got on it. Yeah. And and we're going to really dive into that part a, a little bit later. <laughs> um, I, I did want to stick with practice for a minute, you know, because there were a lot of different things, um, but nobody – took a ton of laps, which I thought was interesting. Um, I can yeah. remember, you know, there are a lot of times, especially new people new to Vegas, they just, as long as somebody, until somebody told them to stop, they'd keep running another lap and run another lap. But one of the strategies I found interesting, and I don't know if you caught it, you probably, you guys all talk a lot, so you may have discussed it later. So Camden Murphy comes out in Bakugan Dragonoid, and first round, I'm pretty sure he was the fastest in the first practice, yeah. and he was near the top in the second. He was one who came out for a third lap. Now he's been consistently fast and I'm sitting there with Morgan at the time and we're watching it and I'm saying, well, I wonder why he took a third pass because he looks terrible now. And, and Morgan's telling me and, and turned out that candid wanted her to run a pass where he really eased it up in the turn, tried to go slow and steady through the turn and it ended up costing him a half a second. I think he threw that out the window. It it turned out to be a track. You almost had the bonsai. If you were going to try to go slow, you're going to get beat.
1: Yeah. That's what the track was when it was dry. You really had to, I watched people's runs. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where I can make time up to be faster. You know, whether it was off the start or in the turn, Cody was the same way. He looked like, you know, he was just out there with a 150 shot of nitrous behind his truck, you know, Him, him and Camden. I'm like, I'm watching videos, like, I don't know I don't know what else to do, you know. But it turned out to be, um, on race night, like, you had to slow was fast. So you had to slow down for the turn and kind of stay in that throttle the whole way. If you were jumpy or sliding or sliding way out or too much RPMs, you were just spinning tires. So um, the track changed for those guys. Sure. And I don't think they totally knew how to adapt to it when you really had to slow down. So for me go ahead. For me, I didn't adapt to it from the start really. You know what I mean? I was kinda crazy from the start in in it. And um I just tried to make myself better and it, it paid off for me when when I switched to slowing down, doing the turns and staying in the throttle, not chopping the throttle.
0: Yeah, um we could see that as as it went on. But in retrospect, uh, it was important to get out there on the track and run it. But other than that, it doesn't sound like – well, I guess everything's a progression. But it doesn't sound like you got a lot out of practice.
1: No, I didn't get much out of practice. I ran three passes. One was decent. The other two weren't at all. And I just told Blinky, I said, listen, I said, we're just going to stop here. I said, I'm just getting flustered. I'm getting mad about it. I said, I'm done. I said, the track's going to change for qualifying. I said, and then it's going to change for racing. So – We're just going to chill out. We're going to save the motor um, and not put a bunch of hot laps on it. You know, I think Camden might have done eight or 10 passes on his truck. Um, But I don't ever like to do that because you know how it is when you race a truck in the daytime. And it happened in Vegas all the time, too. We would be super slow or second slower sometimes during the day when it was hot on a slick, dry, dusty track. So I just kind of learned a little bit of that from, you know, being Ryan's crew chief, let's just stop here. Tomorrow's a whole different ball game. We'll get dialed in and qualifying and then when it comes time, uh when we're out there racing each other, everybody's racing for that fastest qualifier time or wanting to have the best time. When it comes to it on Saturday night, you are racing the person beside you. You're not racing yep. for time. And there's uh, you know, 20, 30,000, 40,000 people in the stands. Um that puts all the pressure on you too. So We just chilled out, and I said, come Saturday night, it's going to be a different track. They're going to have to race me, and I'm going to have to race them, and we're going to see how it turns out.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, too, uh, and and appropriately put, as you just did it there, because of the conditions, the decision to practice at 9 in the morning was all about trying to save you guys from the Orlando heat. But then those conditions – we're going to be morning conditions and it literally does change. And so qualifying was at seven o'clock at night on yeah. Thursday. Was it a totally different track?
1: Yeah, it was totally different from practice and the, the trucks run totally different as well. You know, when it's hot and humid like that. The trucks are lazier, uh, slower, and they, you know, they don't like the heat like that. So when you come into a cooler condition um, on Thursday night, the trucks are running better. The tracks way different. Um, you know, dirt crew, they water the track, they get it, get it how they want it. And, uh, you go out there and race on it. So, um, you know, the track during for racing was blue grooving, you know, you can see a blue grooving everywhere and where the track on Thursday night when we qualified was more like a watered down, like a dirt track, basically, you know, so it was two different tracks. And, uh, you know, that's all I said, we ran three passes. We were done. You just try not to be fed up with it. Uh, and the, the more you think about it and the worse you do, if you do 10 passes and six of them are great, you're not going to have, you're not going to, I don't know. I guess you're not going to be uh, confident in yourself when you go out there for qualifying and or race day. So.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that blue groove was interesting as we watched it get bluer and bluer throughout that practice, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I spun out. I mean, practice time, I spun out twice in practice and wasn't even on the rear steer hard. It was just one of those tracks where, uh, you literally come into the turn too hot with too much throttle. It was whipping you right around and it did that to several people on the track. Um, and even Ryan, Ryan's passes were like 32. He's, you know, he was in the 32s. Um, he didn't have great passes on the track either. He made some changes to his truck and got better, but, um, like I said, me and him, you know, I was 10th. I don't know where he was, uh, all the way, but you know, that's pretty crazy to not be very good at all in, in practicing and qualifying. And then, you know, me and him are in the final round. So.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll be, uh, you're talking about that as the, the show goes on because there's a, a whole lot of uh, neat things there, but <laughs> I wanted to get to qualifying a little bit more while we're in this segment. Um, so you don't get, gain a lot out of practice what, what's your attitude coming in Thursday to qualify everybody looking like said, everybody wanted to be number 1 no doubt yeah yeah, they, yeah that's yeah. what they gave you the big trophy and you know and 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 you want to show you're fast but but what were you guys thinking coming into it and again you were 10th in qualifying so i mean your yeah. upper crust wasn't bad it wasn't, it wasn't the bad top eight. a lot of people were wanting to make the top 8 we're going to talk in the next hour about why that may not have been the best thing yeah. but but Um, talk me, talk to us about you and your team's attitude going in and were you okay with 10th? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm
1: never, I wasn't okay with 10th. I just, I I wanted to do great in qualifying. I, I wanted to be, I would I didn't think I would ever be the fastest qualifier, but I would like to have been top five, you know, up there. And I had that top five pass, but I had a five second penalty. So as soon as that happened to me, the five second penalty, um, You know, I was kind of down and out, and then, you know, you had to go out there and run another pass. So basically what I was trying to do was just get the best lap I could get in uh, because I knew I only had two chances to do that to fill the track out. Um, But I wasn't excited about qualifying either, you know what I mean? I was kind of bummed and down and out. The truck was running fine. It wasn't wasn't anything to do with the truck. It was just me being overexcited uh, out there trying to be faster, than the next person when I should have just slowed down and just kind of chilled and did my own thing. I'm worried about being faster than the next guy's time. And it's really just messing me up, you know, uh, um, trying to be fastest qualifier, get the fastest time out there. But ba- what I should have been focused on was just staying consistent, making my turns and not trying to, or not trying to have a great time. You know what I mean? Just, have two times that were close to the same. So um, yeah,
0: you got to learn some of that though, you know, as you go. Yeah, um, you know, and, and you were around for for Ryan's early years when he couldn't get out of his own way in Vegas, and 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 the year he finally won. You, you know, I, I talked to him afterwards, and he's like, he's like, I promise you, Scott. He said, I came out here. I've had it. I didn't want to come. He said, nah. I just came out here. I quit worrying about everything. I just didn't care. Sounds a little strong, but and, and he He cares. But, I mean, he just took the attitude like, okay, it, it just not working out for me in this place. I'm I am not going to think about it. I'm just going to get in. We're going to go start a lot. We're going to run. And he won the race that night. And, yeah. it, you know, you can overthink these things. A lot of people do.
1: Yeah, it, you can overthink it in in a matter of seconds. And it's all about letting, you know, you, you could come out there and let the next person get in your head. If you were worried about who you're racing – it's going to mess you up. It's going to get in your head. So, um, I, I just try to stay focused and stay dialed in on race night. You know, I didn't, uh, I didn't look in the crowd. I didn't look who, I didn't ask on the radio who we were racing. When they told me to go to the line, I went to the line. I worried about it then. And, um, like I said, I felt, I was comfortable when I was out there racing, uh, Saturday night. That's the most comfortable I felt in the truck all weekend long um, race, racing, qualifying. I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't satisfied with how, how I was driving or how my times were. But, uh, like you said, when has, as Ryan said it, you got to let all that stuff go kind of don't, you know, just get it out of your head that you care, you know, just go out there and be yourself and and drive the track. And, you know, that's what I did. Um, and I stay consistent all night. I don't think, I think I missed one turn up. I drove a little deep um, coming over the jump racing Adam. Um, and it almost cost me. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a, close. Like I say, well, we're going to break that down here in the next hour, but that was the closest race. One of the closest yeah. races of the night. Yeah. And, he uh, was
1: mad. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> he told me he won. And I went back, I watched the video cause I didn't want to win like that But I was like, right, I got to go back and watch the video. And I have a, a, a still shot of me going over that finish line just before he did
0: it just uh, before it's uh well yeah. now that you've mentioned it we'll talk about it more later i, I shouldn't you know back when i was younger i just put these things in memory now i gotta write <laughs> notes down but it was actually um eight one hundredths of a second you know how yeah, quick that was, is <laughs> you um, can't even blink he, your eye yeah you can't fit a, a
1: blade of grass in between that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: so, he was uh He was mad. And, you know, he's a competitor. He's just like, I'm the same way. And then it's almost worse with us because we're always messing around and competing with each other all the time. And uh, he gave me a hug, but he was like, man, I won that race. I was like, you didn't win that race. It was in the (laughs) locker room after. I (laughs) love it. I
0: love it. It was
1: bad. Yeah. And he's like, I won. I was like, he said, good job, buddy. But I won. He gave me a hug. I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I, said, I, <laughs> I, so I found, it. I found a, a a video and had a still shot of it. And uh <laughs> and that some of that was Jeff telling them because actually when you looked at the board with the guys looking out back, they had a TV set up out back, yeah. it looks like at the angle that Adam was just a little bit, you know, looks like he crossed first, but uh
0: uh-uh. yeah, the timing cameras though, and, and because of that, I, I think sometimes and again. The other thing I remember, um, I'm not sure how effective the production team was able to be getting replaced to the board so everybody could see because so much of the equipment was, frankly, not working. Even the starting lights. Yeah, You guys didn't have staging lights. You had a red and a green. All that was because of all the weather and all the rain. Everything soaked.
1: Yeah, everything was soaked, and they – The boys in the back, they didn't have time. So they were just going off of the angle of the trucks coming across the finish line. So if it was close, they really didn't know who won.
0: Yeah, and Uh, and I think that camera we were looking at, I guess, is my other point. The timing camera had to be set right at the absolute so you could, you know, it's it's such an unusual track. But it's still that that same theory um, on, on stadiums, whether Chicago style or whatever. You got one truck. On one side of a building, one truck on the other. So that timing camera has to be perfectly positioned. That means virtually any other camera might be at a slight angle to that line, and and that you know sometimes yeah. that creates some confusion. That's that's yeah. why the the official the, time yeah, is what matters. The,
1: yeah, and then the emotions, the crew chiefs, you know, you know they get everybody's emo, emotions are running high, um, especially when it's you know second round. I'm racing you know Adam Anderson yep uh, he's been in the he's been in that situation many a times, so he he knows what to do. i'm I'm trying to figure out what situation I'm in, you know, trying to be better than he is. and it worked out. but the crew chief's emotions is running high, and it's just how it goes. it's it's all good now, but he took me for a duck. He thought I was just quacking and talking. He didn't <laughs> he, let, he, thought did. I, he thought he had me for sure so
0: I love it um, it was it was a duck's weather that night. That's it. <laughs> hey, one more thing before we go to our next break, um, as it was a kind of wrap up practice and qualify. I don't know we keep bleeding into racing. We're going to break racing down really in detail. Uh, yeah. But but uh, when you came out that first time in practice, and, and, and even for qualifying, can you describe for us uh, what it's like as a driver who's used to driving? big monstrous 12,000 pound truck with 1500 horsepower coming off a dirt starting line. And they put you on a steel plate.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, that was something that I was like, man, I don't, I, everybody's going to spin, you know what I mean? So, um, I had made the suggestion cause they were kind of wondering if, you know, what ways we could, you know, make it better for the trucks hooking up, you know what I mean? So I, I told them to, put some expanded metal on it and weld to it to get some traction you know because they were kind of worried about the weather um from the start because we knew weather was coming in and it could potentially rain but um the best part that i the best scenario for those plates were was i lined up offset i tried to line up in the groove of them and they let us you know the officials and everybody let us line up like that so I think that created a little bit more traction than being dead on the plates. Uh-huh. Um, I think I did that my first – I definitely did it in the red lane. The final, the finals, um, I didn't do it. But coming out for practice and being on them, um, I think some people were starting off in second gear. Uh, I, I, I one-tooted every, every time off the plates, but – if you shifted hard and got in the throttle all the way, like the truck would just sit there on those plates for a minute and then it would finally go and hit dirt. So you kind of had to be mindful of how hard you hit the throttle coming off the plates when you were shifting or you know, you lose uh, two seconds by just sitting there with the truck spinning, you know, that's time in yeah. the race. so it yeah, it, yeah. it was a, it was a different ball game from starting on dirt, but, um, I'm glad the plates were there because it made the starting lines even the whole night for everybody. It really did. It really did. There wasn't a groove in one side and and there wasn't a better lane. It was, you know, left lane was great and right lane was great. It it was consistent all night for everybody. So um, I was, I was pretty excited about that. Um, I wish they would have had a little
0: bit more grip on them though, to come out the hole quicker. But, but they, you know, they, they went through a lot of different decisions. I wasn't in on it, but. Uh, I know that, that right off the bat, you know, they came in knowing that they couldn't just have, there's no, they couldn't regroom the starting line after each race. And you guys were going to eat that starting line up and you were going to eat it up fast.
1: Yeah, it would have, it would have went away. Second round, they would have been, you know, it would have been down to the product or to the plywood. And then we would have had a big issue, you know what I mean? So um the the call to call to do the steel plates were definitely the best call for you know 24 truck lineup everybody out there eating uh tires it it would have been second round it would have been through and then when it rained it would have probably been even before that you know there it's hard to pack uh you know dirt in these these tires would just chew the dirt up so um the place where the best option And and like i said it ended up being um consistent all night in both lanes and I thought that was pretty cool because, uh, years previous, you know, in, in Vegas and other things, there was always at one point, there's one lane better than the other lane, or there's one turn better than the the next turn. So, um, there was races that were won and lost, um, on a, on a good lane or a bad lane. And, um, I thought the track crew and officials and everybody that made the call on this track, um, Did a good job of it being fair for both lanes and fair for everybody, and and it, and you can see how close the races were
0: all night long, even the over under part. Um, It was it was a great job all the way around. Yeah, well well put. That steel plate. That that, that's the best way to put it. And I hadn't really thought about it in that terms, but it was absolutely fair for everybody, and and really, so a lot of the lane choices we're gonna get into when we come back and is more about people wanting to turn right or turn left more or wanting to finish on the straightaway rather than on the jump. We'll get to that here in a little bit. I'll take a break and, uh, we'll get right back with our new monster jam world finals racing champion, Brandon Vincent. I got so much more. I want to talk to him about I know you guys are loving it. Cause am seen the chat room. It's all fun. Hey, I, I, I did say most of my world Finals experiences I'll talk about tomorrow. And I, I have to mention one right here though. Uh, it was so cool to see the wonderful Jackie Mompower, a great fan of this show and friend for so many years, sporting her conversations with Scott Douglas shirt out there at Monster Jam World Finals. And then I saw a few others come up. So if you haven't got your coffee mugs or your conversations with Scott Douglas t-shirts or the serious elevation home stuff, well, now's the time to get it and add it to your collection. I thought it was really cool because, you know, seven of people wearing the conversations with Scott Douglas gear, when you're looking at all the amazing merchandise they have at Monster Jam Superstore, I, that was a pretty big honor for me. So uh, check your stuff out. Uh, if you haven't gotten something yet, go ahead and jump in there uh, on our Spreadshirt uh, page. We're going to be adding it to my Facebook and, and Instagram pages coming up. Uh, Josh is working on that. But right now, the uh, best way to do is just jump on in there and go directly to Spreadshirt.com, find Scott Douglas Media, and grab your gear. We're going to grab this commercial and get back with more from Brandon Vince. Welcome go back away. to the special edition of Conversations as we are enjoying... Uh, reliving the uh, greatest night, the greatest race, greatest week for, uh, for uh, one of our favorite people mm-hmm. who has done it the right way. I've been a big, big player in this game for several years, but is uh, you can't be any bigger player than being the world finals racing champion. That's Brandon Vincent, the gravedigger driver. Okay, Brandon, we talked about the practice day, the media day practice day was Wednesday. Qualifying was Thursday night, Friday, May have been as much fun as any of us had that week. And that was the St. Jude bowling event.
1: Yeah, what a blast, you know, being what, a part of that. It was so much fun. Oh, we had a we had a blast. We didn't even want to leave, you know. We uh, we bowled, we played laser tag games. I mean, uh, played pool and everybody, you know, everybody enjoyed it. We had lunch there and uh what a great event, you know, uh, with St. Jude's in Montre Jam to uh, put that on and uh donate the money to st Jude's. it was uh it was something special something very cool to be a part of and um like i said man monster jam is so great for doing things like that and, and collabing you know with st Jude's and our other partnerships it, it it really makes uh being a part of monster jam special for for myself and all the other uh, the other drivers as well you know we
0: had we had done some uh one or two bowling events and they were charity based in vegas but there were only a handful of drivers there. And I think it was just, they just asked certain ones to do it. Um, so for fans, when we get to next year in Nashville, if they do this again, and, and I really think they they will because everybody was thrilled, and, but they love to see more participation, raise more money for St. Jude. What yeah. they should know is that every single driver, even even drivers who weren't competing were there. Um, it was, and, and everybody was just in a great, attitude. you guys are getting ready yeah. to go to war the next day, but everybody was just in such a great mood, having so much fun. And of course, you know, Adam Anderson is the biggest cut up in the world. Well, oh, dry yeah. humor. <laughs> I mean, he's literally taking those little dinosaurs for the two year old kids and he's, he's bowling off that thing, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, even Dennis and I were just standing back, Dennis came to it and, and, and yeah. we're, we, it was just, everybody had so much fun, you know?
1: Yeah, it was a good, it was a good, uh, it was a lot of fun, like I said, and we were, we were all bowling against each other and cutting up and having a good time, and uh, it was a good stress reliever before the event. Everybody's hanging out, having a good time, and cutting up, and just relaxing, you know, bowling, and and uh, I think that's, you know, everybody that I talked to loved it. We want to do it again. It was, like you said, it was, a great stress reliever before the event so we had fun doing it and uh hope to do it in nashville again why not you know it was yeah. uh, it was a great time and everybody was involved you know even non some non-competing drivers were there and it was great to hang out with everybody in that setting we kind of free floated and and uh, bowled here and bowled against these people or went and played some games and had lunch together and it was uh it was something, uh, something great to be a part of. And I think everybody enjoyed it and, um, hope to do it again in Nashville next year. I think we should, uh, do more, do more of that, of that stuff. You know, um, that means a lot to
0: all the, all the people and all the drivers as well. So it does, it does. I, the drivers enjoyed it as much as the fans did, but, yeah, but you know, um, um, Freddie B, uh, one of the pit party hosts uh, worked with John Sapanero, and I didn't have to yeah. do a whole lot. I mean, they just kind of introduced the event and all that. But Freddie was was just kind of taking it in, and and Freddie's a big NBA fan, and and he looked what everybody was there, and that's what he compared it to. He said, "Couldn't you imagine?" He said, "This was for for this would be like for these Monster Jam fans, these these really huge fans. This would be." For me, like being invited to a bowling center or a party, and, and you, you know, and and there's LeBron, and there's Ja Morant, and and there's Steph Curry. That's really what it was. You, you're rubbing elbows yeah. with all of them, and so that was that was cool. I know the fans loved it, but you guys seemed to have so much fun with it as well. And you were in your crew shirts. I think they they did give you a bowling shirt, and you go take that stuff off and dress up a little bit better, and then we we head down to the Hard Rock Live for the awards <laughs> ceremony, and and it was. It was just great. And some of the people who won awards and Brandon, you've been in this game a long time to see John Zimmer honored as the technician of the year was one that jumped out to me with what he's done with what he's done with those, those two proteges of his who are going to be big stars for years to come. And a lot of it's, you know, thanks to Jamie Garner, giving the opportunity, but for John, with what he does with them, so great to see him be honored as one of the technicians of the year.
1: Yeah, it was. And he's, he, he, Put in a lot of hard work this year with them boys and training them and you know they've they've done shows all over they've they've been running they've been running with Monster Jam they've been running with other tours and um it's pretty cool to see him get that an award it's well deserved he deserves it um and and for him molding his son and Zach you know because Zimmer trains people you know what I mean he would he trained out at Paxton helped Tom um train new drivers and you know, those kids got, you know, the best trainer, one of the best trainers in the business uh, teaching them. And also the one of the best mechanics in the business. He has worked on his own trucks for, since he's been going, you know what I mean? And it's cool to see him step back from the driving role, going back into a, basically a crew chief role, making sure, you know, Zach and little Zimmer um, have the best equipment to come out there and put on a great show. And as you've seen on the central tour, you know, they rocked the house, they, they put their stamp out there, you know, put their name on that tour, um, and done a great job all year long, so my hat's off to, off to John Zimmer Sr. and Jr. and Zach, you know, they, um, traveled together and did great in Monster Jam, and, you know, uh, John Zimmer Jr. got rookie of the year, so, that was pretty cool as well along yeah. with
0: Weston and, yeah. you know, the what young a, kids what a, coming up or are, are a pair of, rookies of the year, man. I mean, yes. you know, it may not be long till we're talking about them as world champions,
1: either one of yeah. them. You never know. You know what I mean? Weston, uh, is, is as good as they come already right out the gate, you know, and I can relate to it cause I, I, I got that award rookie of the year and I knew what it meant to me and what it means to, to be recognized your first year. It's, uh, one of those things where you don't, you know, you want to be seen. You want everybody to be talking about you. You want to be the best of the best. And um these kids are kids coming up are, are doing great things already. So um we have to be on our game as well. So um, but yeah, it was cool to see John up there getting that award for technician of the year. He's well deserved. He deserved it. And uh Cody Cody uh, you know, giving the award to him too. So that was great. Um, Cody's yep. been around a long time and me and Cody are really good friends too so me and him were were the last two crew chiefs that were drivers before we both got to fly in so um, that whole group of us you know it, it means a lot to watch the accomplishments and uh, for him to get that award was great
0: and you know so many cool moments we're not going to run down everything in the awards ceremony but um, just a couple more thoughts about it um, Elvis Linus yeah, mom and his sister to the stage and won Arena Freestyle of the Year, and and, and uh, tears were flowing everywhere with that yeah. one. Yeah, wasn't that cool? Uh, because here's a kid who wanted it all his life, didn't know how to get there, got his opportunity. You know, got some people to help him out, got in the door, and look where he's gotten yeah. to now. But mom and sis have always been right there with him, and they <laughs> yeah, came and up that, on stage with him.
1: Yeah, and that was a great moment to see. They we were actually sitting beside each other. I was beside Elvis, his mom, and his sister. Um, throughout the night and when they won that award, it just tears were flowing, they were crying and hugging and it was a great thing to see because they support him uh since day one, even when he was a kid bringing him to monster Jam I remember Elvis coming to Houston as a kid getting dropped off in the parking lot in Houston and asking to help, hey, man, I'll clean your tires or 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 you need any help and I say, Hey, yeah, wipe these sponsor panels down or, or you kind of do this or do that. And, and other people have done the same thing for them as well. And it's pretty cool to watch that somebody not give up on their dream, have their family there by their side the whole time and uh, share that moment with his family on stage, uh, in a well-deserved, uh, accomplishment, you know, arena freestyle of the year. I, I was awarded that last year. So, um, anytime you can do that in this group of, in group of guys and girls, it's, uh, it's a big accomplishment, so. Sure is. Well deserved for him. He he's done a
0: great job getting to, the point he's at. The other one I wanted to comment on, and, and I'm not just picking out. Everybody uh, should be thrilled and 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 deserves uh, their awards. But there's just a few that jumped out at me. Certainly some of it because of the stories, but. You know, you know him well, and to see Colvinard honored yeah. it for the Stadium Freestyle of the Year and earned it. If you watch that run, yeah. it is, I want somebody to find me a better one. It's not yeah. politics here. He absolutely did things that night that were amazing. But to know Cole's story, you know, mechanic, to Gravedigger Driver, to the struggles, to, you know, obviously, um, you know, having the accident and, and still yeah. coming back with one leg. What? What? That, I think everybody, that, that, it was close to a standing ovation when he walked across that stage and got that award.
1: Yeah, and it should have been well-deserved award. Everything that Cole's been through and and overcame, and and is driving and and doing what he loves to do in in the Black Pearl. He's basically created created you know his brand, and it's awesome. He deserved that. Like you said, he's had multiple freestyles um, that have been great and worthy of that award, and to see him get that award at the end of the night and be so pumped on stage and Adam go up there with them. And yeah, um, it was a special moment. It was a special moment for him and uh, you know, he deserved it and that's what it's about is about being out there and putting in your time, putting in the hard work and, you know, having a well-deserved accomplishment like that. It, It goes to show you how much we care, how much we, how passionate we are about this sport. And um, we try to get better every day to to do you know to achieve other accomplishments in the sport, some things that we haven't ever done before. And um, it was cool to see him up on that stage getting that award.
0: Yeah, it sure was. Hey, you know, final thing about the award ceremony that I'd be interested in your take on. You know, for years in Las Vegas, the award ceremony was on Sunday after yeah. the uh, the Monster Jam World Finals, and it was always this oh. Was good relief, and the party time and the hair was yeah. down now it's done on friday night everybody dresses up and has a good time but you guys all still have to focus right you can you can kind of put the race away for a minute but i'm sure you know you're watching the nominations and you're thinking about how you're going to make that turn tomorrow
1: yeah for sure it's uh it's a different ball game when you're doing the award ceremony uh the night before you know the race and world finals it's uh we go have fun, cut up, and and the fans are involved as well. So the fans are there hanging out with us. And that's another cool point of it. But yeah, you know what? After the after the awards ceremony, I went to bed. I packed it up, went in early, wanted to get a, as much rest as I could to get, get ready for the next event. But um, you know, the awards ceremony was so cool this year. It was it was put together great. And um, all the gravedigger drivers, besides Kristen, we all we all shaved in handlebar mustaches for the 40th anniversary. And we all brought those into the, to the award ceremony. We tried to get Kristen to grow one out, but she wasn't
0: having it. <laughs> yeah, no. And I was, I was a little worried about Weston, but he, but he, but he got in there as best he could.
1: Yeah. We got him penciled in. They had a little, maybe had a little, uh, eyeliner help on his, but, uh, that's what I thought <laughs> I think Tyler as well, too. We had to color him in a little bit. Yeah, but.
0: Tyler's looked weird. I, that, that had to be colored.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had, we did it. We had a great picture though. All of us together. Yep. With I saw the hotel. it. I saw it. Um, and he loved it. So that was, that was, a uh, one of the high, high points of, of the weekend was doing that all of us having to handle our mustache for the 40th. And, um, I think it meant a lot to Dennis and it was cool, cool to be at the award ceremony and all of us kind of up on stage at, at one point in time, you know, getting an award or uh, being honored for our series championships in front of him. Um, cause like I said, man, if, if, he in 1982. This this it started because of him, you know, creating this grave digger truck and branding it and pushing it along with the help of you and a lot of other people along the way. It, it We wouldn't be here. So to keep this legacy alive in uh, 2022 um, feels great. And to get the get the championship, uh, the series championship was awesome. But to get a world finals championship and bring it back to North Carolina with Dennis in the stands, man, it was. Um, uh, I, I don't know, it's words can't explain, you know what I mean. I, I'll never forget the
0: moment, and uh, it, it's definitely a good one, yeah. And we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to let Brandon and I'll bro, I've obviously set it up, but we're gonna let Brandon take us through the biggest racing day of his career, round by round race by race, and we'll talk about the reactions and, and the things that, that that happened throughout that night after this quick break. Gives me a chance to say thanks to a couple of great sponsors who uh, present this show to you each and every time we stream. And we'll begin with PNC Bank. PNC Bank, uh, again, just a longtime sponsor of, of a lot of motorsports that I've been involved in, but just great community partners wherever they are. Check out their website. It's pnc.com. Anything you need financially, take care of it right there online now at PNC. Dot com. And, of course, Lucas Oil, I don't know if there's any greater supporter. There is a, no greater supporter of grassroots motorsports all across this country. And in and, and so many of the programs I've been involved with, Lucas has always been there and, of course, big big sponsor of Monster Jam as well. They had a great presence at Monster Jam World Finals. Check out their website as well, lucasoil.com. A lot of racing stuff, a lot of great products there, and a lot of cool things that uh, mean a lot to some great people. Uh, Forrest, Charlotte, Morgan, Lucas, a lot of their initiatives. You can click right on there and get them at the website. And if you are any business you know is interested in being a sponsor on this program as we continue to talk about Monster Jam and the monster truck industry, just go to my website. ScottDouglasMedia.com, and uh, while you're there, just click on the contact page. You're there, just click on the contact page. You're there, just click on the contact page. back to you. Also, while you're there, uh, you can check out the other services I can provide. Uh, we, we, you know, whether it's voiceover work, vocal coaching, a lot of the different things that I do. If you're interested, love to be able to work with you. Check it out at ScottDouglasMedia.com. And thanks as always to my man Matt Isbell and Overdrive Reality Productions for creating the website for me. Coming back as we go through. Welcome back to the conversations we bring back in Monster Jam's World Finals Racing Champion, freshly crowned Brandon Vincent, the Grave Digger driver. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to really go in-depth to this incredible week for Brandon and Brandon and Brandon and, Brandon and our who, um, again, is like the, the greatest supporter of the show, one of the greatest, so many of you are, but uh, she has just hit 20 months as a subscriber. 20 months subscribe nice. subscriber to the show. And... <laughs> So I, I think, I, but I think I've been frustrating her all night. Cause I'm talking about all these other things, and she she clearly wants everything that Brandon's is going to talk about. Brandon's is going to talk about going to talk about about going to talk about about your part, Jackie, and for a lot of you, right yeah. there. You know, Brandon, you walk in the door, and, and we've talked about practice and qualifying. Um, you got to go through that long pit party. It's fun. It's great with the fans, yeah. but you're also trying to focus on the night. Um, t- tell, me about, t- tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about what, Tell me a little bit about a little bit about want to start the event. What, what are your thoughts? What are you feeling? Uh, pressure wise, um, you know, did you feel yeah. ready? Did you feel ready? Was, yeah. Was everything you know what, rushed? The,
1: the, the beginning of the night, we, you know, we go, I get ready, um, start putting a fire suit on. I walk out to the truck. I walk out to the truck, out to the truck out to the truck by myself in that zone, just kind of hanging out with myself, not really saying too much uh, in the locker room. I changed by myself, headed out to the truck, and uh, lightning strikes. Then it starts to rain. So we all get on that. We all had what I think it was a 30-minute delay. Um, so we go back to the locker room, uh, take cover from the lightning. And then it's kind of like uh, control chaos in the back. So we don't know if we're doing two wheel skills first or then we say we're going to get right into racing and then we're kind of waiting it out. So I walk over to the tunnel and I'm watching the dirt crew scrape mud off the track. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. You know um, it's muddy out there. And uh, there were thankfully there was tons of dirt crew on hand and they really shaped the track up and got it going. Cause it stopped raining. So then they say, all right, hop in the trucks, we're going to do two wheel skills. And then they, then, then they come over the radio and we're like, all right, never mind two wheel skills. We're going into racing. It's too muddy. Um, we're going to try to fit in, fit it in either at the end of the night, or we're going to do it on Sunday. So I say, cool, that's all good. So my first focus was on two wheel skills because I wanted to try the new move and uh, try something different. And, but it, like I said, it didn't work out, but. So I get into the truck, and uh, I have uh, – I'm racing Cynthia Lucas Oil uh, Stabilizer first round. Uh, looked at the bracket, so I have her – or not first round, first pair in, uh, I want to say, second to the last round, I think it was. Or last pair. Well, well, first round, but yeah, it was it – First was, round, uh, second to the last pair. Second, second like to that. the last pair, exactly. Yeah, so I got to – um watch a couple pairs go before me and the track looked good you know what i mean the dirt crews got it shaped up and dried it off and uh i go out and uh i had lane choice so i picked um right lane i picked the red lane i I chose to go over the hill first Um, uh, so i go line up i get staged she gets staged which i thought she was staged so my light goes green and i take off make the first turn jump and get ready to come over the big hill, and then, um, they shut my R.I. off, well, her lane never staged up, um, you know, that's where the light malfunction came into play with the weather, so I'm like, oh, here we go, you know, I'm, uh, ho, ready to go, and then now I gotta go line up and do it again, so go over stage, um, and then it's just the, the old school, you know, we're going on a red light, we're going on a green light, and they're, you know, bringing us up to the line. But I'm glad that happened because I got to feel the first two turns of the track. I didn't think by watching everybody else's pair that I had seen like three or four pairs go before me by watching them. It didn't look as slick as it was when I hit the track. So I run the first two turns and then I kind of backed off on my throttle when I lined up to go again. So it gave me a little bit of perspective of how to kind of, Go into the first and second turn. So I stayed, she stays, and then we go boom. Light turns green, take off, skating around the track, and then uh, I come over the finish line first. I was like, kind of big, you know, wipe the sweat off, sweat off the forehead, because Cynthia, the year be, or Cynthia in Orlando, uh, what two years prior, three years prior, what was it? Three years.
0: I think we gotta go back about, yeah, three years ago. Three years. She beat
1: me first round. So everybody was like, oh, you got it. You know what I mean? You'll be in the second round with Adam. I'm like, no, I don't got it. Because I don't like to say that I can beat anybody because it's, it's bad. It's it's just not, not something I like to do. I like to act like, you know, every race is a race. And it should be. She races good. So she had beat me three years prior in world finals in the first round. So I'm like, I'm not taking her lightly. I have to really be dialed in. So got the win on that one. Pulled back in the pits. Trucks are running hot because you're doing so much riding around and stuff like that. So my crew's
0: just trying to get my truck cooled down, and now I have to worry about Adam. And and you knew you knew if you won the race against Cynthia, and and again the margin of victory was reasonably comfortable. I mean you you had a good run, yeah. and and, yeah. and again, but you knew Adam was sitting there.
1: Oh yeah, I knew Adam was sitting there. But um, the best part about it was, and I said it earlier, I'm glad. I qualified 10th because I got to go fill that track out before he did. So I knew I had a little bit of an advantage and, um, and I didn't say anything. I, I didn't tell anybody how slick it was. I, I didn't say a word. I kept it all, you know, kept it to myself. And um, I knew that would be a little bit of an upper hand for me. And I already knew how to drive the track uh somewhat in my first pass. So, um i they fire adam up then they fire me up so i knew he was gonna go he was going first he was gonna pick the lane so he went red lane now i gotta go over here and run you know the left lane um that i haven't been in so i don't know nothing about it um and then we line up hit the lights and we go green well i could tell i had somewhat of a lead on him when uh, you can kind of see how much lead you got by one coming into the under and one going over. Whoever gets there first that goes over the jump first usually had a little bit of lead. So I was like, sweet. Had a little bit of the lead. I killed my turns. Uh, my first and second turn were like, I drifted them perfect and, and came down the straightaway. And uh, when I jumped the over under part to make the last turn, I jumped it a little too far and I I drove in deep but it gave me enough drive out of the corner where, like you said, whatever it was, uh, what was it, point? Point zero eight, eight point one zero eight. Eight one hundredths of a second. Eight one hundredths of a second. It gave me just enough drive out of the corner to beat him because he took his corner tight and uh, just kind of didn't have a lot of drive out of the corner. And I was looking at the Jumbotron and almost could see I had just came over just before he did. And I like had my fingers crossed spun the truck around and Blinky come on the radio. I was like, Hey man, I said, you won, you beat him. I was like, all right, game on now. Like that was the probably the most stressful race of the night, but I never got flustered in it. I always, I stayed calm. I stayed cool. Um, but I could tell when I got back to the pits, Adam wasn't happy about it. We were, we were sitting beside each other, like next to each other. And, uh, I gave a couple th- uh, throttle pops in the pits there and uh, then I went out again. I think uh, the next race
0: was Corey. And yeah, Corey- but before you get there, um, I-, I wanted to say one thing to get your perspective on because you-, you you hit it when you're talking there. Because none of us have seen this before. So I'm starting to pick things up and it seemed to me that If you were going to finish with the jump, and I'm confusing myself on what's red lane what's not, but if you're going to end on the jump, if you come, you almost had to be ahead. You had to hit the jump before the guy underneath, because if the guy, if, if they were even, logic tells you that four wheels on the ground is faster than four wheels in the air.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And and that seemed to be the way it was playing out, but that's where we, we noticed you were slightly ahead of of Adam. At yeah. That it, point. And it played out to be about that much
1: and that much. And it was, and that was the closest that I had seen a truck come under me all night long was Adam. You know, you could like his hood was basically right under me when I was jumping. Uh, before that, it was like the, the truck wasn't even there yet. I was coming over the jump as the truck was getting there. And, um, and I, I thought I had won. You know what I mean. I could just see the jumbotron just enough to come over that finish line. I had enough drive off, and then they called me the winner on that race. But
0: it was, but it was that close. It and was you, close, yeah. It was very close. You go now. So you you've, you've run the times officially. Um, you were thirty-two eight two six. Adam was thirty-two nine zero four. Um, so. You picked up a little time from your first run against Cynthia. That was a thirty-three. Um, now you come up against Megalodon and Corey Rummel in the quarterfinal, and Corey ran really well to yeah. beat him. And you beat him by six tenths, so it was a little bit more of a margin of victory. But to do that, you had to run what would what would be the fastest lap anybody ran the entire night at thirty-two one four three. That's what you beat Corey Rummel with—the fastest lap anybody turned the entire night. Uh, well. Uh-
1: I'm glad I did because I had to against Corey because I was actually watching Corey's pass and he was dialed in. He was coming around there and um, me and Corey had some unfinished business, uh, you know, prior in Vegas before that I had red lit in the uh, double down showdown and, and he won. So I had it in my mind. I was like, man, I said, Corey's not beating me. I said, I have to be dialed in. I have to be on, on point to get this win, but I, I really wanted to beat Corey, uh, get a little bit, of, get a little bit of payback from the double down showdown. And, um, I got out of there lined up and I rewatched the, the video of that on, on YouTube. And, um, I had just dialed my turns in. everything was perfect in that race, you know, to turn that time. I had no mistakes. Uh, and I had no pressure in that race. I was just out there racing my own race and ended up being the, like you said, it turned the fastest time. And, And it was enough to edge out Corey. And then it was kind of like a, I was like, okay, I got the track figured out. I'm feeling good. Um, And I was really worried about uh, in that race. I thought it was going to be Cody. I had my money on Cody in that race. So I was kind of getting my mindset to race him because he had been fast all weekend long um, throughout practice and qualifying and everything like that. So uh, I was surprised to see Corey had beaten Cody And I was like, okay, well, Corey's Corey's running pretty good. So uh, I just had the mindset of going in to win Um, at that point. You know, I had already, to me, done the hardest race of the night so far. And that was racing Adam in the second round. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. They they had to feel that way. You know, while you mentioned that, probably a good time before we go on to get to this point that I know we, we wanted to discuss. And, and that is, because you just mentioned it with, with Corey taking out Cody. Uh, first of all, here's the thing. I don't think anybody's going to go to Nashville next year and sandbag qualifying and say, I don't want to be top eight. that I want that yeah, first run. Nah. It's not a racer's way of thinking and, and, you know, knock on wood, it can rain in Nashville, but I think the thought that, you know, it's gonna be hot and humid in Nashville, probably. Yeah, but oh, yeah, but but it's it's not the Orlando where you're almost guaranteed it's gonna rain. But yeah. the point is, five out of the eight fast qualifiers lost in that second round to a truck that had a race under their belt. Clearly, it, it it made a difference. And I'm not sure had Weston not messed up that he didn't have a shot at Tom.
1: Yeah, and like I said, he did and it all it was is the track changed. And if you were out, if you got that first round passing and one first round, you had the advantage on everybody else that didn't get to run a wet or slick track. And um, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Like I that's how that's what I believe. I qualified 10th for a reason. And now I think that was the reason, you know, I got to get out there and run to that first round and really feel the track out before everybody else. And that's really what helped me. Put Adam away is is me being out there before he was because he even said that, uh, you know, when he, he was done being mad at me that, uh, the track was slicker than what he thought it would be out there, um, by watching from the, from the, uh, Jumbotron. And it was. So I think we had the upper hand. And, and like I said, qualifying 10th. But if I, if I'm going to qualify, like if I make, you know, world finals next year, uh, next year and go to Nashville, um, you know, we're qualifying for the top spot no matter what. I would never sandbag, but where my place was, I think that was the best place for me. Uh, And that's where I had the best chance to win a championship after looking back after it happened. So
0: um, it it did did turn out that way. And, you know, another um, of the – you can't call them upsets when you get to world finals. Anybody can beat anybody. But another of the non-top eight to advance on the other side of the bracket was, of course, Ryan Anderson in Son of a Digger. And how interesting is it the way these things play out that he – you know, he, and he knew it was coming if he won his first race. And Cameron yeah. Murphy's sitting there knowing it because Bakugan Dragonoid had a spectacular season. His numbers were incredible. Against everybody except Ryan Andrews. Yeah. Ryan's had his number all year, and sure enough, he he, he got him again on on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and <clears throat> that's Ryan's drive too. You know what I mean? Dr- Ryan was in Bactagon Dragonoid the year before and won a championship in it. And uh, you know, Ryan jumps back in his truck and he's got Tyler on his tour, and Ryan's out there proving a point. You know what I mean? He he's bon- he wants to be top dog, and he showed it this year. He was he was the best all year long. You know what I mean? He, had he was, he, he definitely multiple was. Wins. I mean, he had multiple double downs. He, he killed it this year and, and it was great seeing that, but, um, you know, it carried over into world finals as well. Just like me, I, I had a record year as well. And, um, how it played out for me and him to race each other in finals was, is absolutely crazy, but
0: well, yeah, get to that final four first though. And that is that you you have, and it doesn't always work this way, but you had guys who two of you on an arenas, two of you in stadiums had been racking up racing wins all year long. Tyler had an incredible year. Unfortunately for him, he was on Ryan's tour and, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, and Ryan right now, you know, it, it, as far as, uh, this, it, like you say, this year coming to world finals, it's hard to make a case that, uh, anybody's been better. I mean, a lot yeah. of you guys have championships too, but Ryan has been, been awesome. Tristan England pushed you every week. Tyler pushed him every week. And here you guys are standing in the final four. You're going up against Tyler. Interesting. And Ryan is going up against Tristan. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, it was crazy. It was like, I didn't even realize I was in the final four at that moment. I didn't know I was going to the finals until I, uh, had won the race against Tyler. Like I didn't, I didn't know where I was in the bracket. I didn't pay attention to it. Uh, like I said, I tried not to f- think who I was racing next and just kind of go with the flow, but yeah, super crazy that, uh, Ryan on the yellow tour and Tristan on the West tour was on one side of the bracket. Then Tyler on the yellow tour and me on the West are uh, on the West series was on this side of the bracket. And, um, that was pretty, pretty wild after I went, you know, kind of, looked back at it this week uh i thought that was pretty awesome it was amazing to see that and um and then when i got up with a race with tyler i was ready to go you know like i said i had already raced i thought was the hardest race of the night and that was adam so i was dialed in with tyler but tyler was smooth and cutting the corners uh i want to say just as well as i was so it was going to be a race to remember but he ended up having ri issues and struck shut off and uh it wouldn't fire back up, so I got the win pretty easily over that one. You know what I mean? We didn't get to race it out to the end, but um, it comes down to the mechanics. At that point, you know, my crew had my truck dialed in a little bit, bit better and maybe been weather-related as
0: R.I. might have got rained on or something. Could, that could have happened. And, and, and we, it's, we, it's we saw a bunch of s- draw. We saw it's a racing. bunch. Yeah. And, and it's the elements. And, it's crazy, and, and, and it's this,
1: happened to me before as well, and it, it, it's going it, to happen to everybody. It's just, like you said, it's the elements, it's the luck of the draw, you, you know, it is what it is, and Ryan lines up with Tristan. I think Tristan spun out uh, right before the big jump and had to back up or
0: go again, didn't he, with Ryan? Yeah, I believe that. I, I can't remember actually, yeah. but he, yeah, he, he ended up costing I, himself a little bit, but he still – because the way they did it, he still ended up getting the Braves medal because Tyler yeah, did. officially didn't finish.
1: Yeah. yeah, I wish uh I wish Tristan would have just laid calmed down a little bit and dialed in his turn and it would have been close call, man, because Tristan was fast all night. His turns that he was cutting, he's pretty much drifting turns and being tight to the turns. And um there a second, you know, uh he even thought, you know, he, you know, how cool would it would have been to have two two West Series
0: and yeah, I it, you know, some of the folks in the chat room were no, noting that to them and, and I didn't I didn't remember it being a big difference, but I think this is correct that when he spun out, if you were trying to evaluate as best you could when the trucks are are like this, that he actually was probably slightly ahead of Ryan. Yeah. At that moment.
1: And, and he might have been cuz he like I said he was fast all night cuz I was uh, I finally realized Tristan was still in and he was always the race before me. So I could see him coming around the track, and I was like, man, if I end up racing him, I'm going to have to be on my A game, you know, making my turns and and doing everything the right way because he, he looked fast out there on the track, and he was fast. But, like I said, one turn got him, and uh, Ryan crossed the finish line first, and that put us in the finals together.
0: All right. I got one more break to get in. This is how you play this <laughs> game. I'm going to take the break now because I want to have the rest of the show to talk about – what a lot of people have been calling the greatest world finals race ever. (laughs) There's certainly never been one like it and may never be another one like it again. So again, we're going to talk about that race with Brandon Vincent right after we take our final break. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'm just going to remind you that tomorrow night, another great show coming up eight o'clock when we'll have um, the monster Jam live event hosts, Kay Young, John Sabanero. Hopefully Aiden Young can make it. We're still trying to work on his schedule. uh, Keaton Stewart and Morgan Kane. He'll be on the show with us as well. Morgan did a phenomenal job uh, on the microphone. I'm sure anybody yeah. who was there could tell you, and we'll talk about that tomorrow night as well. Hey, just a reminder, if you're a subscriber and uh, you, you haven't checked to see if you need to renew yet, well, got to be like Jackie Mumpower. She's renewed for the 20th month in a row. So we'll make sure, again, this, most subscriptions um, just are for 30 days at a time. And if you're liking the show, just be sure to renew it. And that is definitely the case with the Amazon Prime. Uh, if you want to stick with us, you have to renew it. We really appreciate it. Take this break. And then Brandon, Vincent, Talks about the greatest racing victory of his Monster Jam career right after this. Welcome back to the conversation. Time for the championship race. Brandon Vincent, the champion of Monster Jam's Arena Series West versus in Grave Digger versus Son of a Digger. Ryan Anderson, the champion of Stadium Series Yellow. All right. 40th anniversary of Grave Digger. A Digger's taking this one home because Son of a Digger's part of the team. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, did you, did you know, uh, when, when did you realize it was going to be you and Ryan?
1: When, uh, well, actually when I, um, when I beat Tyler, what you know, when Tyler broke down and I, I drove my truck back out, I literally made halfway to the pitch, like spin around and they're yeah. like, you're in the finals. I'm like, dang, we're in the finals already. And, um, Ryan, I think Ryan pulled out before I did, did Ryan, did I pull out before? Uh, let me see. I don't know. Seen I see I
0: that, that moment's slipping me right now, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't
1: remember. Uh, so, so much emotion going on when I figured out it was me and Ron in the finals. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right. I was like, here we go. This race is going to be crazy. And then, um, no, you know, what happened was, I think I stayed out on the track. They went ahead
0: and staged me and then yeah, Ryan because they, they knew it was coming. It was coming. Yeah but it hadn't hit yet. It is the most epic thing. And I'm, I'm wanting wondering from your are in, in the seat, you guys pulled to the line and we've gotten through this entire bracket and literally the entire skies opened up. I mean, it didn't Listen just up. normally, you know, you get some drops and start straight. All of a sudden you guys are in this monsoon. And I mean, could you, could you see, talk, just talk about what you're thinking as that happens because literally you at the starting line and now this happens.
1: Yeah, and no, I'm just like, I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of, uh, I didn't know if they were going to stop. I I thought they were going to stop the race. I didn't want them to stop the race. I wanted to go. I was in that mindset of like, all right, let's go. You know, I mean, it is on a straight downpour, but they they sent me over back to left lane, and I had been in. You know, I had I think I'm the only driver of of the night that had switched lanes multiple times. I ran red twice. I ran red, blue, red, red, then blue again. Yeah. So I had passed. I think
0: you would have been the only guy who did both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, multiple so,
1: times. So then when I they sent me over to the left lane, uh, the blue lane, I lined up. And it like you said, it's pouring. And I'm just hoping for the best. I literally, they staged me as quick as they could, had the hands out. And they didn't even get their hands all the way closed. And then they were running to take cover. It was raining. So I had the truck... I can hear Ryan stage up, and he's on up on the converter. My truck's up on the converter, and it goes green. Soon as it goes green in the downpour, I see thunder just doof doof thunderbolts going off, and I'm like, it's, I didn't even, it felt like I was in a movie. You know what I mean? It was it was crazy. It was something that um, I'll never forget. And I told the story right after we raced. I was like, literally, when it dropped green, thunderbolts were lighting off like right in front of us, like. I don't know if they hit the stadium or what, but it was, it was close. So leave the gate. And I felt like the truck just spun forever. Like it was spinning on the plates cause it was raining. It was like ice, you know, as soon as it hit the dirt, it turned, went over the first jump and it's slick. Like, and then the other thing I did was I had a little, little cold cut in my windshield because I thought it was going to be muddy at the start of the event. And I didn't want it to, You know, messed me up to where I couldn't see. So I had a little, you know, I don't know, one by four square cut out my windshield so I could see. Well, I had my visor up. I had it taped up, so I could see. So when we took off and it was raining, the rain was coming through the windshield, like into my eyes. I was blinking water as we're racing on the track. It was, it was crazy. It's like there is no way that there's no way that I can get around this track like this. You know, I'm thinking to myself as I'm driving, make the first turn. And then, like, I killed the turn. It was great. I come through the chicane, and I think I made it to – or I made it to the uh, under under part before Ryan was coming over. Ryan pushed it. I think he knew I was leading a little bit. So when he jumped, he jumped, and his truck set up for that turn perfect, and it slid down, and he he turned into the, the turn as I was turning into the turn. So I think he gained a little ground on me. But like I said, I just stayed kind of consistent, never over over overthrottled the truck to get the tire spinning, just kind of gradually got into it. So I turned and I'm like, my worst fear was not making the jump. So I wanted to swing out a touch wide to come over the jump. So I had enough speed. I didn't want to case it or do something crazy like that. So um, when I jumped the race lane, it almost turned me and I kind of, made a tight turn and I didn't want to. So I just eased on the throttle until I got the full throttle. And as soon as I got to the jump, I was like, all right, perfect. I got enough speed. So I was like coming over the jump and Ryan's not even to the under part yet. And I'm like, all right, I got him. I jump in the air and I turn the wheels to correct the truck a little bit. And the truck spin or slides the wrong way, spins out. And the only thing I can think to myself is like, what do I do now? I'm sliding towards the wall. I lock the brakes up and I'm sliding towards the wall. And I'm like, they're going to cut me off. You know, I'm thinking all these things. It's like, I'm a slow motion is everything's going through my mind and I'm looking through the windshield of my truck and I see the wall coming up and I just throw it in reverse and stomp the gas and cut the rear steer and uh, not knowing where Ryan's at or what happens, but Right here, when I throw it in reverse, like it missed the wall. Like you couldn't put a two by four in in between the tire and the wall. But uh, as it spun around, I seen Ryan had spun out, and my truck stopped perfect right in front of that race lane. I could just see victory right there. You know what I mean? It was. I don't know how it happened or 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 why it happened, but it happened perfect. And we come over the race lane here, and I I couldn't believe it. I was a world champion at that moment in the rain racing in my opinion, the best driver in Monster Jam, uh, racer, freestyler, all the above. He's, he's great in every aspect, but I won a championship, uh, that day. And uh, that's something that I'll never forget, never forget that race. And that race will go down in history. And I really didn't know how, how big that race was until I kind of sunk in, you know, a couple hours later, um, after everybody was messaging me. I mean, my phone went crazy. Calls went crazy. It was uh, social media went crazy. Like I still haven't made it through everything on social media um, just from pictures and, and the fans, you can't, I can't think the fans enough for sticking it out, man. There were so many fans just down in there with ponchos on soaking wet, um, watching that last race. And uh, it was, it was one, one race that I go down in history and, uh, I was proud to be a part of it and proud to win a championship
0: in in that kind of style. Everything, Everything that, that added up, up and, and, you've and you've talked, talked about, about it, it, and and beating Ryan to do it, and you know all these things yeah. that 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 added up, uh, taking out two grave diggers in the process, no less Adam and Tyler. Yeah, um, all these things that added up, and then you pulled it off. But again. There, there is a moment of of fortune here, but you you guys were in something. Anything could have happened uh, because of the yeah. conditions. How you even saw to get to the jump is is starting to amaze me a little bit with rain pouring in, in on your face. But you know, the fact that you were able to quickly realize enough, throwing it into reverse, and 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 making that move ends up spinning you literally right where you needed to be right
1: it when i threw
0: it in reverse
1: and it spun around it lined me perfectly up with the race lane and how that I, how it happened i it's one of those things where you never give up and that's what i always give back to i didn't want to give up in that moment like i was all these things were going to my head as i was sliding down to the wall and i had one last effort to put in anybody could have stopped and you know slid up against the wall and and, and stayed there but instincts and and a quick thinking to throw it in reverse and turn the steer and hit the gas,
0: you know, paid it off. It, it won me a world championship, right? Yes, it did. Um, it'll be <laughs> something that we all remember forever who were there seeing it and, and millions more are going to see it as the video will end up going everywhere. Yeah. But we we talked about this during the break and, and, and the one moment that captures it and Jordan's got it is the picture. It is yeah. the one we use on the flyer today, Wayne. that I think Wayne's the guys name. The Avenger Racing. Yeah,
1: right? Avenger, Avenger Wayne. Racing.
0: Wayne yeah. was was there all weekend in the middle of everything. Uh Jordan, if you go ahead and put that photo up and uh, Brandon, I want you to t- this is one that is going to live forever, Brandon. This is the yeah, classic.
1: This, yeah, this picture right here is special to me we, and didn't even know it was taking place um after every after every win or overall event championship that I've won or or done something crazy in the truck, I always get out and climb to the roof and you know put my hands up, thumbs up the crowd and wave to the crowd. And um, after winning this world championship in racing, I said I told him I I told myself in the truck I said I'm going to the roof. That's it. I said I don't care if it's raining, if it's the lightning striking, I'm doing my thing. I've been doing it all year and. Um, and you know the special moment happened which they captured it and i'm I'm glad somebody did because um i have had more more questions or more talks about this picture uh than anything and it's epic and it's going to go down in history and um i'm hoping the picture makes the yearbook cover next year that would be sweet you know what i mean so yeah
0: yeah it would um, wouldn't it?
1: it'd be awesome but yeah it's something special to me the whole weekend was um how it happened uh and then all the way down to the picture at the end of the night. And I, I didn't realize how special it was until it all sank in the next couple of days. And I have goosebumps right now thinking about it because it's, <laughs> it's that special. And like I said, I'm, I'm taking that picture. I'm having it framed. I'm having it blow up and, and, and it's going to sit in here in my, in my trophy room. And, um, the best part about it is too, everybody acknowledging the race and saying, it's the best race in history. And to be a part of something like that, uh, means the world to me because every time I hit the track, I just want to do something cool for the fans and, uh, you know, leave them with smiles on their faces and keep them coming back to monster jam, you know, uh, Adam, Ryan, they've proven their way. They do great things all the time. And Tyler's great. And, uh, I just want to be known for doing great things as well. And, uh, being just as wild as them inside the truck and, uh, representing team grave digger to the fullest. And we got to do that, uh, Saturday night in racing, and uh, on the 40th anniversary for Dennis and, and the family too, and and myself.
0: So what did Dennis Dennis say to you?
1: He said, he he had texted me that night, told me he loved me and congratulations. He said, you did it. He said, you, you were, you were great all night in racing. And then I I caught up with him the next day before the pit party and we hugged and, and I told him we did it. I said, we're bringing a, bringing a championship back to North Carolina for the 40th and, we just hugged and talked about it. You know what I mean? It was a special moment for me, um, being able to do that for him, you know, uh, like I said, for all the years he's put in and in sacrifices and being away from home and beating his body up, you know, creating this legacy and being an icon and a legend. Um, in 2022, I was able to keep that legacy alive for team grab digger on the 40th anniversary. And, um, bring a racing title home. So uh, that will always be uh, a memory. I'll, I will, I will never forget. And now I have a racing world championship in master jam and nobody can take it away from me.
0: No. And, and you'll always be a world champion, but, but you know, and you kind of hit on it here, but um, you, and when we've talked about this um, on some of the shows I've had, where we look back and, and talked about, how it got to where this elite team of drivers had been created for gravedigger. And it wasn't as, as Dennis started adding drivers earlier, you know, and he'd put people in there and then they might do good. they might do that, but he developed it to where it was this elite team between him. And and again, the, the folks with Boster Jam, yeah. Dennis Anderson, Gary Porter, Pablo Huffaker, Charlie Pockett, Randy Brown, you know, and then there were others, but but that's kind of the core. Pdh Carl Van yeah, Horn. Yeah, Carl Van Horn's another one, and you had this at John Zimmer for a while. So yep. that, during that time, this this really elite group, and Rod Schmidt would even be part of that team yeah, at that right point. Yeah, not too. This all elite drivers. So now here it is again, and it's this elite team, but you guys are also competitive with each other. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> went here wanting to be the one that grabbed a 40th anniversary or grabbed the championship on the 40th anniversary of Grave Digger. You guy that Did it. Yeah.
1: That's special to me. You know what I mean? I like, I got goosebumps when you said it right then, like I feel the hair standing up, but yeah, I'm the one that did it. Um, and I'm the one that did it for the team, but to be competing against them all night long and then embrace me after winning the championship is what was special to me, you know, um, we're all a team. We talk every week. We try to do great every week, uh, wherever we are and win, you know what I mean? So, uh, after the win, everybody embracing me and, you know, telling me they love me and I deserve the win. And, um, that's what felt great for my teammates because I look up to them, I uh, watch videos of them every week and, and what they're doing. And we all try to match each other and top each other. So, um, to get this world racing championship on the 40th anniversary was special i'll never forget it and um i got to share that with my team with my family with the fans and with monster jam and um i'll I'll forever be grateful and never forget this championship and it'll go down in history as the greatest race I i keep calling it the race heard around the world because everybody's heard about it everybody's talking about it and uh every time i play it or put it up somewhere that's what i've been putting up the race heard around the world so it's uh, it's great to be a part of it, and
0: I'm glad we got the job done. You sure did, and there's nothing else to add. What a what a great couple of hours it's been breaking it all down and getting your perspective. Yeah. And Brandon, I really appreciate you coming on the on the program and doing it. And uh, I can't uh, just offer enough congratulations. Thank um, you. And and again, yeah, any world title is special, but I think this one's gonna gonna live a little bigger for a long, long time. Congratulations. I yeah. uh, look you. forward to seeing you again soon, dude.
1: Awesome, Scott. Appreciate you having me on the show to talk about it. And uh, everybody, go check it out, man. It's awesome.
0: Thank you. It guys. is. It is going to keep going around. Brandon Vincent, Monster Jam's new World Racing Finals cha- or World World Finals Racing Champion. Yeah. We just call him the World Champion. <laughs> that's what he is in, in in the racing side of it. And uh, he certainly earned it. Tom Metz got a couple of them. Ryan Anderson uh, set a new record for the high jump. It was epic. And we'll talk about all that stuff. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about Brandon, too, tomorrow night when I'm joined by Kay Young, Keaton Stewart, Morgan Kane, John Sapinero, and hopefully Aiden Young. It's the live event host team who did such a great job bringing it to everybody as it unfolded in Orlando big thanks to Jordan Hicks great job pushing the buttons tonight getting the video up at the right time and keeping that epic picture up for a long time because I could (laughs) just sit there and look at that all day also Josh Lee our director who found all this stuff for us and I'm sure you'll find us some cool stuff for tomorrow night and to my executive producer Matt Isbell most of all thanks to you for watching and thanks to the champ Brandon Vincent we'll see you tomorrow night on the next conversation